Hey, thanks so much for pulling up a chair and joining us for Dinner Table Talks. We have a lot to talk about. You can always learn more and help us spread the word all across social media. Check out at our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram. And for you Twitter users, at dinner underscore talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com or shoot us an email at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Dinner's ready. Welcome to Dinner Table Talk. Pull up a chair, there's a lot to talk about. And I'm Aislinn Campbell, and with me I have... Joe Hilliard. Hey man, what's up? We Uh, are back. I know that we often want to, or regularly want to remind people that if you go back to episode one, you can get a little bit more information about myself and Joe Hilliard and our kiddos and our family and just how we got to the Dinner Table Talk podcast and where that came from. What are we doing? Where are we going? What's this all about? All questions answered. (laughs) All right, I wanted to bounce back to something from last week that we talked about, where we talked about King Ranch Chicken. Can I say, it was our first episode to record, Yeah. and we don't know what the hell we're doing yet. So so as soon as the mics went off, it was like, I should have known more about King Ranch Chicken. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Making things up about King Ranch Chicken. Right. Uh, This might be right. Don't quote me. Anyways, on the... Let's see, from my friend, not really my friend, I don't know this person, but I looked it up online. It's uh, in the family, Who Invented King Ranch Chicken by Max Falkowitz, and it's on the unofficial state casserole of Texas. Who made it? Did he make it the unofficial state casserole, or is that something? I've not never heard that before either. Unofficial just typically means that it's got like a statewide or community understanding that that's the case, but there has been no formal legislation or stating as such, the way that you would say the official state bird is. Well, it's the unofficial, I guess, then. I believe that. Very good. Well, what this says is while the Midwest is responsible for more casseroles per capita than other regions of the country. That's interesting. I, it would be good to look at our diet numbers as related to that. But anyway, Texas holds an exception close to its heart, King Ranch Chicken. It's an amalgamation of several key Tex-Mex food groups, as if there's some, they named someone who himself had created it, devised the dish after a and he says, after a weekend at a dude ranch, which I said, I think it came from a ranch thing. Being a Texan and knowing about casseroles, we are trying to make things easy when we're out working, you know, that kind of stuff. So casseroles tend to be a heavy meal. It's chicken and corn tortillas and tomatoes and green chilies and condensed cream of chicken and mushroom soups. So we didn't add that to the one in there. And then you bake it and you put cheddar cheese on top. And then it says the dish has nothing to do with the actual King Ranch, a uh. nearly million acre property that owns the bragging rights of being the largest ranch in texas and it also says actually texas historians have no idea where it comes from so basically we can make up any story we want to so i thought that would be funny to kind of bounce back to that last week's dinner table talk conversation well i am fully prepared to discuss my favorite meal and I'm asking you, what's your favorite meal of the week is? Well, no, the I was just, no, no, that was kind of a segue because as ill-prepared as you were about King Ranch Chicken, <laughs> I am prepared. I will, if you would like to know what it is, I will tell you. What is it? The best <laughs> meal that I enjoyed this week, since the last time we spoke, was a first time that I prepared a meal, and that was a bowl with 
ground lamb seasoned in Greek with Greek spices. Yep. And we, you have a vendor at the at the farmers market that has is bringing lamb and lamb products and ground lamb. So I bought some ground lamb because hell. Well, we're trying to learn how to use everything they have so that we're so that number one we're making our variety really nice, but also number two that we are using the products of the vendors, the farmers at the farmers market that we love and want to take care of. Right, and she had uh, we had made lamb ribs prior mm-hmm. and i had never done any, anything with ground lamb but a friend a mutual friend of ours emily kind of and, and your mom was involved right. ma- made a founder recipe about with ground lamb it's a bowl that you make and it's emily got... is actually somebody that often has told me to eat lamb like she's stands by lamb eat lamb it's right. an important dish she's i think she's from new jersey new jersey right yes so she's not originally from texas so that's interesting to know that lamb yes. is a more popular dish in other for other regions. Certainly. And down here, it's it's going to be beef. Beef, beef, beef. It's right. Texas. Texas, South Texas. So you only have to make a few components. You have to cut up, uh, dice some tomato and some cucumber. And we had cucumbers from the farmer's market we this did. last week. We yep. did. And some feta cheese. Also, you can buy at the farmer's market, right? I mean, you might not have gotten that one, but you I, could. I wasn't able to for right. this dish. Right, uh, right. But then you make your ground lamb. It's like making taco meat with a different spice profile. And uh, uh, you're going to use allspice. You're going to use a little bit of cumin. You're going to use... And I'll, I'm going to post this recipe on all of our social media because this is one that you want to do it's at home. It's a good one. And it's so easy. And then you make your turmeric rice. And we did two things. I made turmeric rice, which is essentially adding diced onions, oil... And turmeric to a typical, and chicken broth to a typical rice make. And then you can't eat rice. You're doing grain-free right now. Right. So we made you, and you found this, and it was perfect. I think you talked about the little, this a little bit last week, how we're learning to do so much with cauliflower. Yep. Because cauliflower can be manipulated to resemble other textures. Yep. So they use cauliflower so to I make made, pizza dough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some people exactly. may know that already. Oprah does that. I yeah. made turmeric. <laughs> I've heard. There's uh, my favorite pizza dough. <laughs> right. I'm being paid. <laughs> to sell this pizza dough. Anyway, uh, some turmeric cauliflower rice. Now, we do not own a food processor, the the, the kind with that spinning blade that's a, a, a shorter squat kind of... Yeah, choppy thing. We don't have that. So what you can do instead is use a box grater and the, the, the biggest holes on the box grater. Ah, so that's and you just grate it like, nice. a, like a big block of hard, hard cheese. And then... You would think I would have been paying attention. No, 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 no. pretty no. much watching... I cook... You wait. That's how <laughs> That's how it works. I think I was watching... I think I might have already passed Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know anymore. So you assemble it. You put, your, <laughs> you put your rice in the bowl. For the girls and myself, I used the turmeric rice, and then I sprinkled some of the cauliflower rice on top of it. And then you just, you know, bowl it like a poke bowl. It's a, a clump of your meat, a clump of tomatoes, a clump of cucumber. And I did not make, and because the recipe did not call for it, and I should have thought about it, a tzatziki. A tz- Tahini. No, that's sesame. Can uh, I tell tzatziki. you? Can I tell? Tzatziki. Yeah, can I tell what it's my not favorite tzatziki. is? Tz- tzatziki. That's what I said. Hello, my name is Tzatziki. I said tzatziki sauce. I don't know you. And <laughs> I did not do that. It could have used that or maybe like a of, of hummus right there in the middle of that yes. bowl. Some yes, kind yes, of, yes. Of, of moistener. And then when I did a redo of it you, in the week. You had some leftovers? I, I did hummus in it. And actually, since that day of using a tortilla for it, yeah. for the dinner, 
I had run back to our local natural grocers, uh-huh. and they had these, like, pita-shaped, made, again, out of cauliflower. It's the best! Uh, are they in the house right now? Yes. I hadn't seen those. It's, they're in the refrigerator. Okay. It's, cauliflower, what, what, are they, what are they calling it, it? I think they're calling it, like, sandwich bread. You know how the, it became popular for a while to have those, like, flat sandwich bread things? A flat bread, uh, yeah. Real a flat. pocket, like, like a, a pocket. Little, like, not even, yeah, but, like, real a, flat. Like a wrap? A, no, not a wrap. I'm a, just going to say things now and annoy you. <laughs> like, like, just continue guessing. It's like the size of a softball, but flat. And Oh, the flat softballs. <laughs> or, or maybe like the flats. I don't know. My jokes aren't as good. Um, but anyways, it's, it's, it's made out of cauliflower. Right. And so it was, then I got to have almost like a pita with it. And nice. so. But you put some hummus on it this time. It, yeah. And it helped. It was delicious. Okay, well, uh, that was my it. favorite dish of the week, and if you look at our social medias, I will put it on there. Perfect. Because after we were done, we both said, this is going in our rotation. We got access to the lamb. Making rice isn't hard. You got all the food groups you need. I said it needs to become, like, you have Taco Tuesdays. We have Taco Tuesdays. I mean, Sometimes, I yeah. think most people have Taco Tuesdays, yeah. so that's kind of a... Kind of a joke, but well, you're you're having tacos once a week. Tacos is if what, you're an American, mm-hmm. you're having hamburgers once a week, most likely. Even if you leave the bread out, you're having tacos once a week. Even if you leave the tortilla shell out, it's just a, those are staples. Well, there there are meals where someone in the house asks what's for dinner, and when you say it, they groan. Uh, that's not my favorite, but tacos satisfy Yay! everybody. It's taco night. No, we no. love tacos. I want to learn about Does it your go like that? sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how many beers you've had. I there are some. I want to know your favorite food of the week. But before I I learn that, I'd like to know you've had twenty one dinner conversations. If you were eating by yourself, you had one with yourself. What was your best favorite uh, dinner talk of the week? Well, there was a lot of good dinner talks, and I did get to go out of town this last weekend. But if I back back up, I always like this particular dinner talk and the kids always like it. And the truth be told, I'm always going to have my best dinner table talk conversations with my family and my children at the table. When the children are at the table and our children are teenagers, so we're not talking about babies where you're having to try to convince them to eat something besides macaroni and cheese or corn. But having those conversations with them is the best part of this whole deal. And I like it when we get into a routine of talking about what their favorite cartoons or TV shows or whatever were when they were young. And so this last week, we had both of the girls at the table. We did not have the boys at the table. However, this has been a conversation with the boys at the table as well in the past. And what were the best shows and what were those shows that you had to watch as a parent a thousand and one million times and watch it over and over and over again. And what were those shows? And so right away, let's see, was it, oh gosh, now you're going to have to help me with the name of the okay. show. Savannah, Savannah named one. This is the best. I still watch it now. No, no, no. Yeah, well, iCarly was named. What's that cartoon? And I dressed up as a character for Halloween one year. Oh, Adventure Time. Adventure Time. That's, it's a, she's right. It's a funny, funny, funny show. It holds up. And then uh, SpongeBob SquarePants was always one of Cortland's favorites and stayed his favorite. For... Oh, the, the kids still watch SpongeBob. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Like, SpongeBob has become this ridiculous I mean, ongoing... an 18 and a 19-year-old, I'll walk into their room sometimes when they're both visiting from school <laughs> and they're, they're watching SpongeBob. SpongeBob. I'm like, yeah. aren't y'all adulting now? I mean, <laughs> isn't college about... There's also, as most of you know, like when I was a kid, the Smurfs was like a thing that you 
parents that were really strict, yeah. religious, whatever, oh, might yeah. not let you watch the Smurfs yeah, because, because there yeah. were things that were happening and you only had one female and there was no, Gargamel were, and he was yeah. a, a, no, no, an no, evil no. and he had a black cat. It, it wasn't and, that they only had one female. It's that they created one female. Right. And, and therefore, now we're getting into our children shouldn't watch these things because it's subversively introducing sinful And concept. what were all the subversive things? Like the in the She-Man, She-Ra era, what were the subversive? So those were well, kind of Harry like Potter things. leaps to mind. Well, that brings me to the thought that the reason SpongeBob has stayed so, has stuck to even 18-year-olds and probably even us, right. we would stop and watch it, is because... SpongeBob spoke to adult audiences and children audiences, sure. but they were really good at it. Yeah. They could talk about things that didn't sound ugly, but uh -huh. every, the only way that, that was a joke made for an adult. Right. Um, and I wish I had done Ren enough. Ren and Stimpy did that. The I Simpsons, loved of course. Ren and Stimpy. Simpsons, of course, do that. It, it appeals to a kid base and then also it's smart. And, uh, yeah, those are fun. And, and, and again, yeah. the conversation goes into the idea of when you have young kids that, are going to watch their shows or turn on the Disney channel or what, you know, whatever it is these days. What are we watching? What are we all watching? <laughs> yeah. So please let's let it not be Barney, you know, right, right. because oh. I can't suffer through that. I think that's actually where the that. conversation started. I think you're right. Was the, the talk of Barney. And, and then we just began chronologically. I remember you watched the Wiggles. I remember you yeah. watched, and then you Fruit. graduated to Hannah Montana. Fruit salad. And then it's like, yummy, I, yummy. H Hannah Montana stink. <laughs> Hannah Montana is so lame. And then oh you graduated God, to iCarly. I still love iCarly. <laughs> I'm going to go buy our iCarly on iTunes right now. Like, and hey. Blue's Clues and yeah. Dora and, mm. and Pinky and the Brain, which Pinky is one of my favorites. You liked that one? I, I, I didn't I, get into that. What are we going to do today, Pinky? The same thing we do every day. Try to take over the world. Yeah. I think it went opposite of that or whatever. Right. But I think I still live We're by that We're a little theory. removed from Yeah, from the cartoon show. days. But it was fun to be able to, you know, kind of throw all those things out there and remember when... Cortland was five and Lily was newborn and what we were watching because any mom out there that has a toddler or above child or young child and a newborn nursing mama you are literally sitting in front of the tv nursing a baby watching whatever your toddler is watching or your older kid is watching all of the time for days and days and days on end and so those are those are very fun memories i think that if your kids are young they you're probably looking for those memories to be gone don't wish them away too fast because before you know it they will be buying bidets for the girlfriends <laughs> i took you know they will be buying a bidet for their own disgusting use and then giving and then, it to their i love you i'm sorry the, did the, you the, wipe the, that down i think the bidet might be the running joke or uh, one of those running jokes i don't know <laughs> So that so the dinner table conversations when they come back to kids stuff is always great and fun and now what was your best meal of the week? Okay, was did it happen at the same time as the best conversation of the week? No, no, I'm you get bonus I points remember, for that. I think we were eating lamb that night. Mm -hmm. You you might have already won that one. No, um, actually, so I have over the last five years become a staple speaker in the sustainable agriculture, local food, social entrepreneurship, women leader speaking circuits, and I'm always constantly finding my way in. And I've become well known with quite a few of the people in the sustainable agriculture rural advancement center at the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. So I got invited to come down to Edinburgh to speak at a conference that was 
titled Healthy Community, but really the concept was that we were speaking to high school students and young college students that are beginning their trek towards finding that professional career that they're looking for. And there is a large population of people that understand that health has become an increasing concern for our entire population and that one of the best things we can do for that is to not only have more health professionals, but have healthy professionals. And so this conference was about that and speaking to the the younger population about how do we get you moving into fields that are going to make our planet healthier, going to make our systems healthier, all of that kind of stuff. So I got to speak. I gave a talk on Seeds of Hope, social entrepreneurship. I talked about the nonprofit that I founded and the work that we do, but what it takes to do that and what kind of health is required for you and your community and the partnerships and the funding and all of the things that you need to be a successful social entrepreneur and and to be a successful, healthy, professional, young professional, really. Being down there, I had one of the running jokes that you actually made, and at first I kind of didn't take it as a joke, and now... Oh, may I tell this story? Please do. The joke occurred... And you took offense to it that night. Well, I I was kind of feeling offensive, I think, or offended. Right. You were easily offended. Uh, Welcome (laughs) to America 2019. So we were uh, looking for a place to eat, and you settled on what became for three of us like an $80 bill. And, you know, a very nice, we enjoy going there restaurant, but that's not exactly what I was looking for budget-wise. And I made the joke sitting down, your mom was there. That's Aislinn, man. She can always sniff out the most expensive restaurant available. And your mom laughed. And you kind of whispered to me, what are you doing? And it's like, your mom <laughs> thought it was just a joke. And, you know, and then fast forward to can, being can, out of can town. I just, can I just simply make this comment right now? It's going to come up over and over again. Yes. I never sound like the voice that you make for your mother. It, just saying. It's what I hear in my head every single time you make it. Mm-hmm. And okay. so uh, <laughs> we're in this other little town and you find, I don't know how you did it. You found like the most swanky looking and it didn't turn out to be too expensive. But No, but it was funny. And, and, and what it comes down so to what, ultimately is, is that because I care very much about my food, because it, I am actually right. making healthy choices. I can't just... Good food costs the restaurant more money to procure and sell you. Yep. The restaurant point, price point is going to be higher. And, and if and in America, or, or particularly in the parts of Texas that we live in, if you are going to raise the prices on your food, even merely because the quality of food you're serving is, it better be in a very nice restaurant and make you feel like you're going out to this really, really fancy thing. So and you were so, out of town this weekend and, yes, and it came true again. I did. I, I went looking for it. And I and saw your pictures on Instagram. It did not look like you were at a McDonald's. No, no, no. I can't even tell you the last time I ate at McDonald's. Who eats at McDonald's? Anyways, I'm going to have to go into that. I started doing a search and I found this place called The Sidebar. And I... In, which, in Edinburgh? I believe, yes, Sidebar is actually in Edinburgh. You know, there were a couple of different places it came up, but this one said handcrafted cocktails and several really good dishes. And it looked like there was some good. And and of course, if I'm going to eat meat or protein at a restaurant, I'm going to pick, you know, I want to find the best restaurant. You want to be as clean as possible. As possible. And so I ended up going to this restaurant and... I'm going to tell you a little bit about the story of the whole restaurant because I thought that 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 it was it was a really nice experience. It had to be because the prices of the foods is a hefty price. I mean, you're you're getting you're you're getting what you pay for, but it was really really nice. Okay, so I go into the restaurant. I walk in, and and first I had to go run an errand, and so I was already out and about. And then I decided that I was ready to go in and eat. And so I Did go. You, were ahead you and, dining alone? I was not. Yes, I love to travel, and I love to sit at the bar, and 
talk to the people around me or talk to the bartender or talk to the whatever. It's a part of my favorite. Getting a local experience. Yes. And it's a part of just like my people watching. I enjoy it. Absolutely. We do that. And so I walked into the restaurant and I've got on a a nice t-shirt. One of actually the business that we run, Grow Local South Texas, a a nice V-neck t-shirt, a nice pair of black shorts, my my Chaco flip-flops. So just flip-flops. And I walk in immediately and the girl looks at me and she says, oh, we have a dress code here. And I was like, hmm, well, I'm from out of town. You were that person, huh? Yeah, I was that person. I am from out of town and I don't have any other choices because the clothes that I'm wearing tomorrow are what I have to wear and that's just what it is. And so, and she goes, hang on, let me go check. And of course they let me in and it was kind of early in the evening. So there wasn't that many people there. And I walked past... The folks in tuxedos hadn't shown up yet? No, no. But I walked past this beautiful, dark glass walls, velvet ropes. I mean, all of this stuff and into this, basically a speakeasy is what they've tried to create oh, here. Fun. It was really nice right? and warm and comfortable. And I slid right up to the bar and the guy behind the bar, he's teaching a gal because they're I, as I learned, they're only open seven months or whatever. And one of the things I've actually learned from you is to get better at asking them, what do you suggest that we eat? I've never been here before. No. I want you to impress me. Yeah. What would I order for that? Right. And actually with this guy, he was really impressive because I said, what cocktail should I have? And, uh, and I got a French 75, which I had someone else had just suggested to me at the last place. Mm-hmm. No beer. I mm-hmm. like bubbles. Let's find a little something. French 75, fantastic. So I said, okay, tell me what dish to eat. And I can't eat grain. And he suggests the sesame salmon. It's this beautiful piece of salmon. It's topped with the sesame seeds. It's got, it's kind of crispy. They've made it like, like, like almost like a sugar crispid. I don't think it had sugar, but you know, that brown sugar crispy stuff on the top. Uh Caramelized. Yeah, that, that, that word. And, uh, and, (laughs) and then it had this beautiful slaw underneath it. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out what's in this slaw, but it it had on the the menu, it says avocado, mango. And then of course it had, you you know, your cabbage, your your red cabbage, you know, whatever. But it also had like slices of red pepper and Mm. carrot. And it was beautiful with this sesame soy deliciousness. And I'm just sitting here, you know, loving on this food. And really the truth is I, I, after I left this place, I enjoyed it. I think maybe the manager came over and talked to me. I think the chef at one point came over and kind of waved and understood that I was asking maybe about the concern for grain on the meal or whatever. They could tell they're wanting to serve a high class, you know, special meal kind of thing. And I told him I would go away and tell people about it. And I tell people about food, but I don't like this was I'm I was set. This was one of the best salmon coleslaw dishes yeah. I have ever eaten in my life, ever. I if would I'm like gonna... you to make this dish for me, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know me. That's, I, I, I rise to the challenge often. My only question for you, which was better, my lamb or this pff, salmon? Well, your lamb was quite delicious. Oh, no. And it made several meals. I don't want to hear the answer. I don't want to hear the answer. But this was one of I the most fantastic you. dishes I have had in a very long and time. And then I saw... I will put the picture up, I guess, on whatever social media things we're doing. Yeah. Because I did take some pictures. I saw... Uh, I, I stalk you when you're out of town on your different social medias. And I saw that you had also got... Maybe you didn't intend on talking about this. I don't mean to put you on the spot. A the gelatin thing? Well, a sorbet or something? Well, because I go... Like, I had to eat more than one meal, you know? Oh, that was a different meal? <laughs> different place so, yeah okay so i went like to their competitor the next night oh and it was a different kind of competition but good and they did have this like 
I don't even know what it was. I'd have to look back at the menu and tell you, but it was like a rhubarb strawberry and it was a no grain mm-hmm. dish and it was fantastic. So nice. what I ended up doing was putting that my favorite dishes from the weekend. Great. All right, Joe. It's finally your turn to talk. Hey, I've been tell enjoying me. everything you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joe likes to talk. It's his turn and he wants to tell me. Tell me what was your favorite conversation. Well, you were gone this weekend. That's true. So I had my daughter here, right, alone, and she had a friend spend the night last night. You had Savannah. So I took them out for a night on the town downtown, and we ate at their restaurant that they wanted to go to, which was uh, you and I's favorite pizza place, House of Rock, a dive bar here in town, like a dive rock bar. And downtown's our thing. That, that's not that's, even a good. That's not no, even no, a no. good de- description of it. It's a it's a rock bar. Yeah. That has a kitchen and they have the best pizza in town. And in my opinion, I think you share that opinion. And and, and downtown is something that is really important to us. We, yeah. we we support the downtown, we support downtown revitalization. We advocate and, and promote downtown. Yeah. And city so, development. And my daughter loves to go down there and she loves to ride the scooters and her friend had never ridden the scooters. So the plan was I would take them to dinner and then let them go ride scooters unaccompanied for an hour. And, and this is important part of the, of the talk. I was uncomfortable with that, but did it because I felt like I, I, she and I, she, you, you know how I would have responded to that, right? What's that? The, the girls on the scooters and all of that. You, you wouldn't have liked that? No way. I did the wrong I'm, thing? I'm that mom. No, I, I'm, I wasn't there to tell you whether you did the wrong thing or not. So if it would have been Lily and Savannah, you wouldn't have well, allowed them to go do that? Lily doesn't like to do it. And I think Lily oh. doesn't like to do it because it makes her nervous. Because, okay. I mean... People that know scooters, and I'm sure there's listeners out there that... These are bird scooters or lime yeah, scooters or yeah. blue duck scooters, and they're probably they're in your town. They're intended for if people that have driver's license. And oh, sure. We were breaking all the rules. Yeah. Joe, okay. li- Joe likes to break the rules. Well, I don't like to break the rules. Mm-hmm. I just have a very interesting relationship with rules that to me don't make sense. You and I They're allow fine. our kids to do them. the scooters underage. We we do that. We're, you're not going to take a moral authority here. Sure, I hope. sure, sure. Anyway, well, I mean, so then they were going to whatever. So I was going to go hang out at my place, a place for a, an hour while they went to go scoot, and 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 I gave them strict rules about crossing the streets and yada yada yada. Okay, so while we're eating our pizza, we're having a dinner table conversation at House of Rock, Great. and the conversation gets into parents. We were talking about. Rules. We were talking about kind uh, of a similar similar conversation we had a couple of or not that many days ago about strict parents, not strict parents. Right. You know right. what and is strict to what parents? You know that right. kind of thing. And this friend says to me, "Well, you you know it's casually like, well, you're a cool parent, but da 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 da." And I go, "Whoa, whoa, wait a second, wait a second. I'm a cool parent." And I kind of look over at my daughter. She goes, "No, yeah, you're you're cool. You're cool." Well, our kids are our kids, the boys. Certainly, and the girls up to this point have given us no reason not to trust them. And, and that's our philosophy. Yes. And and we talk at the dinner table, which is, I mean, this has been essential to our life and to communication and all of that. We talk about things. And so I don't know if we're the cooler parents, but we definitely are open to allowing our kids to learn and make mistakes. And I think I'm certain things. Joe is more strict about certain things that usually come from a very religious upbringing and i'll point out that's pointless that that particular thing those has things no, may come up in that, the future that that that, <laughs> that has happened here at the dinner table those that, things may come that up has in happened the but in terms of safety mm-hmm. i'm much more rigid and much more protect protectful than 
Joe is about protective. his kids. Protective. Protective. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not even going to say I'm Joe is about that, his but kids. See, but, okay, and you Hunter know me. was so cautious, and so he didn't really do, Yeah. you know. And Cortland was cautious, yours, right. your son. And Lily's cautious because she's been through everything already for a young woman. I mean, but she yeah. was a, she was a crash test dummy, and so am I. And so we're cautious in that, yeah, we probably don't want to crash our head against the ground again. <laughs> I'm taking this as criticism. <laughs> no, that doesn't surprise me. But it's not criticism. It's The conversation is really about what are we talking about with our girls? And if the girls are sitting around talking about whether or not we're cool or not strict or what is the real conversation here? Well, Do so, you uh, believe we're not strict or that we're cool parents? Because we're not talking about letting them go out past curfew. Nope. We're not talking about any... There's no... You, Mean to your friends, there's one get out of jail free card. If we hear about it, it's done. Anything with drugs or alcohol, done. All your, all and your we privileges. Haven't had, are, we haven't had any problems with that at all. No, uh uh-uh. uh. All of your privileges are taken away. And I think that it's because we give them wide berth. And then you mentioned my upbringing. I had no wide berth at all, it was very strictly controlled. Yeah. And so I had to create a second life for myself. I had to create the ability to go do things that I knew would have been expressly off limits. I had to learn how to sneak and learn how to whatever. And but the even very then, last I, thing we want is that. But then again, I never, I never took it too crazy far. Never, you know. So I am always amazed by parents that are friends of mine that I grew up with, that are parents now, like myself, like you, uh, that say, can you believe that little Sally had a beer in her backpack? I go, yeah, I can, because you had beer in your backpack. <laughs> I mean, how are we so far away from our own experience that we have put some kind of expectations on our children that we would not have followed when we were children? And I know that to be true, because I was a child with you, right. the person that I'm talking to. Right, right. So Yours when a parent says, my parents would never have let me do that, go do this or that, it's like, well, okay, there's there's a couple ways to look at that. Number one, I made a mistake in letting you do it, and your parents are right. Number two... Your parents have you so tightly under control that I'm glad that under my foster parenting... I think there's a happy medium. My theory about how do we handle the cool parent conversation is as long as you give me no reason not to trust you and we want to know what's going on. So we're asking questions and we are sitting at the dinner table talking and we're hanging out with our kids maybe more than other people want to hang out with their teenage kids yeah. or more than their teenage kids want to hang out with us and we're expecting them to bring them to our house and other parents may may be more strict in that when they come to our house we're watching our child ch- children participate in things not anything illegal well technically i suppose you're not supposed to let them ride those scooters but anyways we're not letting them participate in anything they could get in real trouble but we're allowing them to make mistakes and they're around the house and they're around us and mm-hmm. they're, and the girls are still young too. I mean, oh, yeah. neither and one they of trick our, us. They trick yeah. us into thinking that they're older than they are. I don't think it's fair to say they're tricking us. No, I, I don't think mean that, that they're the young, I think they're the youngest of two older brothers that are, mm-hmm. you know, four or five years older than they are. So the conversation continued into, well, whose parents aren't cool, you know, and I can't go far into that. It was a it was an interesting and honest conversation that could only have occurred at that moment because of the exact situation that we were in. And you have to be willing to allow all kinds of conversations for those sure. types of conversations to come sure, up. Sure, sure. We have 
and there will be many stories that will come up, but we have had some really telling stories that have happened where we're hearing stories about things that are going on at schools and, you know, and I had a conversation with somebody today as we're getting started doing this podcast that was about this idea and it was, well, our son came home and he told us this thing and we were like, we're, you know, surprised. But at the same time, if you're, if you've created those sit down conversation opportunities, it's natural to sit at the table and talk, Mm -hmm. then you're going to have your kids saying things to you and just be prepared. You're going to hear something that might scare you. Don't freak out so much that they never tell you anything ever again. Right. There are parents that say, I want an honest, I want an honest relationship with my child. I want an honest relationship with my child as long as they don't tell me anything that, that, that upsets me. Right. Well, hold on. Because life can be upsetting. And they're still, and as much as we like to believe they're a, telling the truth, they're still not true. telling us 100% of the truth. And this I mean, is that age group limit where they are not really in full control of their feelings and their emotions, and they're learning how to process mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And I want to be there to take all, to, to help them out as best I can by knowing all of the information. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that was mine. Very good. We're I cool. Like we're that. we're cool. We are cool parents. Maybe I don't want to be this cool as maybe I. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's an interesting game to play. Okay. So I'm pulling out a card at random. So I'm going to ask you this. Okay. I'll let you answer. Okay. Try not to interrupt you. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, and then you'll let me answer. Right, right. And I definitely won't interrupt you. <laughs> Go ahead. Give it to me. What yeah. do you most? Oh, this is so good. I love this. What do you most admire about your parents? The only reason why I think we're both laughing is because I had said some things about my upbringing a little bit earlier in this show. And because you know that, that my folks are getting older and dealing right. with some things. Yeah. And, and, and I'm in Life a lot, is challenging. Yeah, and I'm in a lot of heavy talks and heavy spaces with them as, they, as they're aging. Okay, repeat the question, please. What do you most admire about your parents? I'm not pausing because I'm having, I'm struggling finding anything admirable about my parents. I admire very much about my parents. My parents are very, very, very good people. But I, I work with my parents. I am an only child. I, you know, so it's, um, my parents have done a lot of good work with youth and young people and young couples, and they have been committed to that their entire lives. And I have seen relationships that they have with young people that are now older, of course, and those relationships are deep and strong, and my parents have helped people. My parents help people. Yeah. And I admire that about them very, very much. And I believe that some of my folks' regrets or, or, or where they find themselves in this age right now is because they are no longer really capable of doing that as well as they could. I'll give it back to you. Or well, did you have a reply? Did you want to analyze my answer? Well, I'm not going to analyze it, but I will tell you that your parents built a very successful construction business in our community yeah. and it does good work for yeah. big organizations sure. and big businesses and yeah. things in our community. And I think just that, that what I know of them, that alone is admirable. Admirable. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the work that they did to build the business that you are involved in has helped me be successful in life. That's I mean, true. I have to admire them for that. And so, okay. Yeah. So what do you admire about your folks? Well, this is a conversation that we actually had the other day um, when we were kind of practicing for this thing and, and talking about dinner table conversations. And my parents and I don't always agree on 
you know, there could be anything for that matter. Religion, politics, divorce, marriage. I mean, all, any, any of those like conversations that you want to talk about. But one thing I can tell you about my parents that is solid is that I admire my parents are so, they love me so unconditionally that they bring, they, they're willing to hear anything I have to say because they know that if I'm bringing it to them, that, that there's something in it that they don't understand. And oftentimes they shift and turn and learn and change um, because of the things that I've brought to their life. And vice versa, I will add, Absolutely. you shift and change when they... So, so they value my opinion, yeah. and I value their opinion, and I believe that they've always valued my opinion. I believe that they have valued my opinion even when I was a young person uh-huh. or a child, because one of the things I love about myself is I'm willing to get my hands in the dirt and learn, hands-on learning. I think my parents are like that too. No they've doubt. been hands-on learning how to be better people every day of their life, and I'm one of their teachers. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I am just like they're one of my teachers. And that's an extremely admirable thing. And I think that they probably could get that answer from anyone that spoke to them that they're willing to learn from and I, I change concur. and adapt. They're not so solid can, and rigid that they, I can, yeah. I can back that up. I mean, I've, I have, they love their children unconditionally. Mm-hmm. I, I watch that happen. And then it's not just like, the notion of I love you, like saying those three words, it's mm-hmm. they back it up with creating and attempting to create and striving to create real relationships with their kids and their grandkids and their in-laws and in-law, in-law figures. Yeah. Uh, and it's a blessing. It is a blessing. Good question. Yeah, that was a fantastic question. So um, so we'll pull know, a card out, maybe not every week, but maybe yeah, every week. Yeah, and, and, and we would love that we are going to be on all of those social media things, and we'll give you those addresses and all of that. But send us questions. Yeah. If you have a question you want us to answer online, yeah. we'd love to answer right. interesting questions. And if you want to talk to us, answer this question. What do you admire about your parents? Send Tell it us. to us. It will be confidential yeah. unless you, well, we might share your answer on the air unless you ask us not to. Yeah, email, voicemail. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to communicate with us. Mm -hmm. And we want this to be an interactive conversation with our friends, our family, our listeners, and everyone. Because our best skills and and, and greatest assets to this community is our ability to communicate and willingness to speak honestly and openly about things. All right, it's time to do the dishes. (laughs) So you're going to do them? No, I'm just saying (laughs) the dinner table is closed. (laughs) We'll see you all next week. Thank you. Until then. Hey, thank you again for joining us at our dinner table. If we said during this last episode that we'd share something with you, you can find it at our dinner table talks on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're on Twitter, it's dinner underscore talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com for all of the latest information and send us an email there at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We so look forward to hearing from you. See you next week.